the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly discover the word identify yourself in the word meditate on the word speak the word walk in the word walk in the abundance of life that jesus christ has paid for welcome to this week's episode of the abundant life with gilbert and jacobina where the word of god is taught practically ushering you into all that christ is right for you we really appreciate you joining us this podcast really shows us how we can all learn live and thrive from the word of god by sharing knowledge through conversation and teaching we will impart some knowledge while still learning ourselves how to grow in the lord even further uh, let us pray father we thank you in the mighty name of jesus we bless your name we give you glory and honor we worship you and praise you father because you alone are good and there is none like you oh god father you are the one that transcends heavenly heavenly father you transcend time you transcend heavenly father distance and heavenly father god you transcend heavenly father god racial heavenly father god oh lord god issues you transcend heavenly father religion you transcend heavenly father all spheres that man has created heavenly father god oh lord god silos for heavenly father and you go way beyond heavenly father you go deep down into our hearts to touch us from the very core of our being heavenly father because lord you are god and therefore today in the name of jesus oh lord we submit our hearts to you we submit everybody heavenly father god who's listening in heavenly father today oh lord god into your hands in the name of jesus thank you for my brother heavenly father god obed who has opened up his heart and his church oh lord god that lord i may be able to speak to them i pray that father may a blessing heavenly father god overflow of abundance over heavenly father god the church and everyone in congregation that lord you may take them towards the desired extension the desired expansion that you would like to create heavenly father lord i am thankful of your goodness and your plans for us heavenly father and lord i just ask in the name of jesus that, that give me utterance holy spirit much more than that anoint my word with your power that lord there will not be words of a mere man heavenly father but it will be you speaking oh lord god to somebody oh father and that lord you will steer up a heart heavenly father to ever to be convicted in the mighty name of jesus to to achieve heavenly father god greatness on your behalf heavenly father because it is what you desire in the name of jesus holy spirit we are thankful we yield to you today we open our arms to you holy spirit in the precious mighty name of jesus and lord we thank you for this wonderful morning in jesus mighty name we pray amen praise god wonderful so i'll quickly i'll quickly ask uh pastor bed to slide me the the period of time that i have on on uh on chat and i'll definitely be able to pick it up from there and be able to watch for that so that uh we do not keep each other here longer than than expected but um starting out i would like to mention that um uh, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to see people of god you know despite the challenges and you know the situations that are happening there in india to be specific um uh, 
it, it, it is tough to be in a space like that, you know, and in most cases where you can't meet physically. We have seen it also here, and I'm so glad to see people able to actually uh, meet. And therefore, I'll quickly start with what I had for us today. And what we have today is I'm going to be teaching on faith. And the title of my sermon today is titled, By Faith. And I put a small connotation down there to say, we are prevailing. So, the title of the sermon is, By Faith. And a small connotation is to say, we are prevailing. We are prevailing. Now, what you want to do is every time when you get to talk about uh, faith, you are talking about the book of Hebrews. And what I'm going to do is that I am going to simply ask us to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, which I know is a very, very, very common scripture. But there are a few nuggets in there that I, I, I believe a lot of us do not pay attention to. And I would like to to bring them to our attention today. So, reading out from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 1, the Bible reads to say, I'm reading from the KJV. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report, through faith, by faith, we understand that the world were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Amen. So, we are being told here. I would like to also add from this scripture that we have read that our main conversation is simply doing an exposition around this, this the whole entire Hebrews chapter 11. So we have just read the first three verses, but the idea is to do an exposition on how and what is going on about this faith in this chapter. I was reading an article uh, on, a, on, on, on the internet from a website called christianpost.com. And they talked about three things that faith can actually do for, for us. The first thing they mentioned is that faith could help us receive salvation. And you see the, you see the, the proof of that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, where it clearly indicates that it is not by works, but we have received faith, we have received grace through faith. So Salvation cannot come but with faith. So faith is a forerunner of everybody's salvation. That's a good point to take note of. Secondly, we cannot please God without faith. And I want to keep that on there. The third thing that they said on their on the podcast, or, or rather, sorry, on their article was that we receive answers to prayers by faith. You find that in James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. 
So clearly, you begin to see that this faith we are talking about is critical in a Christian's life. Now I'm going to the foundations right now of the word of God. That we may be able to first of all rectify on what our lives lie on. What do we live on? What is the, in, the, in the core of our nature when it comes to the word of God? And this is what I want to deal with because it is from here that anybody can build anything going up. So faith must be dealt with. Your faith, what is your faith? Because I want you to understand that the word faith is not exclusive to Christianity. It is something that people use out there for different things. May I have faith in you. Which means they believe in you. They trust in you. So when you look at that, the real issue then is that what faith do you have? I want to concentrate on the second point that they mentioned from that Christian.com post. Um, which says that with faith we can please God. So think, so think, think of it in this way. There are people that feel that the only way they can please God is by looking humble. Some, holding some form of holy pills. Maybe sacrificing things in their lives that they can give. You know, they can go and burn an animal or give and give and give. Things like that. Being faithful, maybe. Or committed to attending church consecutively. They are ever there to sweep the church. Ever there to do all sorts of things just for the church. They think that that will please the Lord. But if you remember very clearly. All that by the way is good. Uh, being humble is good. Carrying yourself in a way that is, in a way that is respectful is good. Being faithful to the church and being faithful to the things of God, giving, they are all good. But they do not replace the place of faith in your life. Because all those things I mentioned are works. They are activities. They are things that you do. And the Bible says that it is not by works that we are justified. And if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it actually says that God desires obedience better than sacrifice. So meaning that there is another action that is usually not seen spiritually, which is obedience, which you can also attach faith as, as simply as saying faith that pleases God more than the person who looks to be doing something physically. You know the great story around that scripture is a story of a man called Saul who does not exist in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. He does not, he is not mentioned because he does not please God. His name is not mentioned there even though he rushed into trying to offer sacrifices to God. And this is when the prophet Samuel mentioned to him to say, God 
does not desire sacrifices in the way that you have done them. But he, desired, he desires obedience. And I believe that he's simply telling him how God can be pleased. It is by faith. And you read that quite strongly when you read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I'm skipping a few scriptures there. We'll come back for them in the next sessions. But today in Hebrews chapter, chapter 11 verse 6 it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. Who is him? God. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Very interesting right there. We see that God is saying, if you are to say that you have faith in him, you must believe that he exists because without you believing that he exists, then there is therefore no purpose that you should even pray to him. So therefore, in the foundation of our belief is faith that God exists. Now, let us simply go in into Hebrews 11. I was just trying to give us a small snippet and understanding of what we are paying attention to here. We are narrowing down on pleasing God. Now, when we read verse 1, it says, Now faith now, which is to say, now depicts a timeline. It, it depicts, a, a, in case of, is it past tense, is it future tense, or is it present? Now, there says, today, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, or what we call proof or title deed of the things not seen. Now, I may tell you that I have a house. I have a house somewhere. And the only proof you need to, not, to see, to believe me, in most cases, is not even the house itself. The moment I show you the title deed to my house, which clearly indicates my name, it is proof enough that that house belongs to me. When we go to, munis to municipality, to the town council, and they want to know whether we own a building or not, they don't want you to carry the building with you. All they want you to do is bring a title deed that you can show them to say, this is my property. Now, the Bible is saying that now, today, this minute, this second, faith is the substance, the, the tangibility, something you can hold on to, the proof or the title deed of the things that you have not seen, the things you're expecting, the things you desire. He says the, the title deed for that is the faith that you have now. So, why then is faith concentrated on unseen things? Because it says the things not seen. 
the things not seen. Why is faith concentrated on unseen things? Why doesn't it say that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen? Why? Because that which exists already, already exists. You do not need faith to get it. Today you woke up in the morning and that is why we are meeting today. Do you need faith to be awake right now? Do you need to believe to be awake right now? No, you don't. You are just awake. If, if, do you need to believe that I'm talking to you right now? Do you need to have faith that I'm talking to you? No, you don't. So because you can see me, you don't need faith for this. But faith concentrates on the things that you cannot see. The things that you desire that you have not yet gotten. In the physical realm, you can't see them. So, faith is the currency with which we buy. I, I, I believe you're taking notes because I know that, uh, you know, where spiritual things are happening, where God is, there's a lot of insight that is happening. And it is a very important uh, habit to have to take note of what God is saying. So, if you are writing down, I want you to take note of this. First of all, the question, why does faith concentrate on unseen things? And then, a minor response towards that is that faith is the currency with which we buy from the spiritual or unseen world so that we may have it in the physical because there in the spiritual it already exists i'll i'll i'll, I'll go back with that i'll come back I'll, I'll come in again with that definition faith is the currency with which we buy from the spiritual or unseen world so that we may have it in the physical because there in the unseen or, unspir or, or, or spiritual world it already exists. Going forward, let me take a minute to explain the spirituality or the nature of man. When we look at scriptures from Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible says that God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Now, what you realize is that most people have, have tried to debate over this issue. Does, does all of us look like God on our faces? In most cases, the answer is no. And you'll be wondering, oh, why do you say that? Well, look, if God looked at, like all of us, then God would have a confused face. Because remember, we are not less than 6 billion in this world. 
Now, if God had a similar face like all of us, then he would have a confused face. And that is not true. Because Jesus, who is our God, has a face, a single face, that you can easily be identified with. So let me not get into that much. The point that God was making here when he was saying, let us make man in our own image and likeness, he was referring to his spiritual nature. Because I'll prove to you in John chapter 4 verse 24, the Bible says God is spirit. So God is not physical. He does not have a physical body like yours and mine. So he does not look like us physically. He said, let us make man in our own likeness and in our own image. He was talking about behavior. He was talking about nature. Let us make man in our own nature and in our own abilities. So man was framed, was created after the nature of God. And that is why you see that the action, firstly, God forms a physical body using soil. That one that he formed does not look like him, neither is in his image. It is beautiful and wonderfully made. Don't mistake me. The thing that he formed with his hands is beautiful and wonderfully made. But it is not in his image and likeness because he does not look like that. He is a spirit. And that is why to fully fulfill what he had spoken, he breathed into man. And when he breathed into him, that word breath is what Jesus did on the mountain before he, he ascended to heaven. When the Bible says, and Jesus breathed on his disciples and their eyes were opened. They understood the word of God. That breath right there is a word called pneuma and it is the same word that is translated for the word spirit. So God breathed his spirit into man and the soil that was lying right there came alive. That is what God meant when he said our own image and our own likeness. He transferred a part of himself into this body. God, Jesus also speaks to Nicodemus about the rebirth, about what, like what most people call being born again. He says it's not a physical activity. That is why most of us, our faces didn't change after salvation. John 3 from 1 to 7 tells you about how he mentions to say this is a spiritual issue. Man is a spirit, my friends. And we see a full version of this described in 1 or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 where it says I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved be, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He puts the whole entire breakdown components of a human being right there for us to see. 
Paul had this deep understanding that man is a spirit with a soul in a body. Now, why am I talking about this? Because the, the, the scripture in Hebrew said the, the evidence of things not seen, which means they are not visible to physical eyes, but they exist. But they exist. And that is where the issue is, right there. Most of us live with what our body is able to access. Most of us depend on only what our body can see, hear, and feel. We depend on our senses, our physical senses to be specific. But the Lord is telling us that from Hebrews chapter 1, that the life we need to live by is based on unseen things. We need to use faith to access the unseen and try to bring it, or not try, but make sure that we make it manifest into the physical. So why am I talking about faith today? Why am I talking about pleasing God? Because God gave an instruction in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. We read about how he said, let's make man in our own image and likeness. Now what you must see about God is that he makes man already with his assignment tied to his creation. The assignment of man, let me come again, if you are writing, is laid out upon his very own idea of creating him. So when the idea of creating man is coming, there's an assignment that follows it. And the assignment is that let him be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Not only so, but he must also subdue the earth and have dominion over it. So you will notice quite strongly in the book of Hebrews that it is not those that show themselves to be more prayerful than their colleagues. In fact, you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 going down that it is very rare that God says, this person prayed so much. This person, or rather, spent the whole entire day literally uh, reading, read, reading the word. But what you see clearly is that the results of that prayer, the results of that study of the word is what God is interested in because the question is, what is the word doing in, in your heart? What is it richly abounding to? What is it producing in your heart? So don't be that person who dwells, who tries to make, to make, to make sure of only what the peace nature or your religious, your religious standing but rather, God is, in stress, is interested in seeing the action that follows it. Because he has instructions set upon your creation that you must subdue and have dominion. And that is what I'm concentrating on today and going forward. Pleasing God requires you to follow that instruction. So, why are we talking about faith? Because 
by faith, we realize that itself faith is a source of a good report by the elders. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2, we see that the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, this testimony was not before men, but this testimony was before God. So God, in the book of Hebrews, is boasting about them, not men. Have you created a good report with God? And a good report with God is not in how many times you pray. It is in how you use your faith. Because the Bible says, by faith, not by prayer. No, I am not pulling down prayer. I'm not pulling down the study of the word. I want you to understand me clearly that there are actions that God expects you to be obedient over when it relates to faith. And I'll prove that to us in the coming or in subsequent teachings that we have. Second thing is that there is the second reason why I'm talking about faith to you today is that we have observed that ages and periodical experiences were caused or were framed by faith. When you read verse 3, it tells you to say that, I'll just read it quickly before I close, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. If you want to be in the future, if you want to be the person that innovates, if you want to be the person that is a forerunner of every situation that happens in this world, you will need to walk by faith because it is in faith that we are able to tap into the unseen and bring it into the world which do appear. So meaning that these men of God and women of God who are spoken of in here were able to pull things that people had never seen before and bring it into a space that people can see it. And they, live, they lived in, in exploits every single day of their lives. Now let us break down that verse 11 a little bit because it's a very simple scripture, but most people have actually not seen exactly what is in it. It says through faith, we understand. The word understand there is a simple word of observing. So through faith, we observe that the world... Now, if you notice there, I know you have got your Bible open. <clears throat> you agree with me that the word world there is not the word world. It's plural. It's worlds and not world. Why is it plural? Then it is not talking about, someone will say, okay, maybe it's talking about the whole universe. No. When we, are, when, we are, when we are referring to the world, we mean earth. When it's talking about the word world there, it says, by faith we observe that the world, the word world there is a simple Hebrew word written aeon, or actually a Greek word written aeon, and the spelling is a 
I-O-N. Aeon. It simply stands for what is called an H. An H. A-G-E. Not age in terms of how old are you. My age is 12 years old. No. Aeon means an age. And when you check up the, de the definition of the word age, you will see that it is a distinct period of history. The length of time that a person has lived or thing has existed. That's an age. And if you quickly look at what Augustine Hippo had written, uh, he was born on, in AD 400, after the death of Christ, 400, and he defined it in his book called Rudibus, in chapter 22 of his book. You see, he talks about seven ages, and to be specific, I will stick to six. The first one is the beginning of the human race, which is from Adam. It goes all the way to Noah's time and how he constructed the ark and how the flood comes through. The second age, for him, he extends it from the period to Abraham, where he is called by God to be a father of many nations. The third age is extended from Abraham to David the king. And the fourth age is from David to that captivity whereby the people of God have to go through the, the Passover into, the, into Babylonia. The fifth age is from the, transform, is from the transfiguration down to the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the sixth age is, is with Jesus Christ coming. The sixth age has entered in its process. So these are the ages for him in terms of biblical but there are other ages. There's what is called the technological age, the old age, the iron age. An age is a period of time, like I said. And this is where I'm going to end off today that we realize by observation, I'm, I'm, I'm now restructurizing that scripture on your behalf, verse 3, that we realize by observation, which is to say, through, through faith, we understand or we observe that these men and women, they shaped the word framed. They shaped, they restructured, they restored. That's the word framed. They framed, they changed, they restructured, they, they, they restored their age by the word of God so that things which people could not see in their times, they made them to become so. And I'm going to close right there by saying when we are getting to the, to the following weeks, we will be talking about, we'll be simply doing a short exposition around the reports, the testimonies of these great people. But I want you to go out of this call today understanding that first of all, it is by faith that we shape, that we restructurize, that we restore, that we build our own age. How does your age look like? It's full of COVID-19 right now. It's full of different pandemics. 
is full of lack being broke? How does your community, your world look like? How does your world look like? You need to reframe it. You need to restore it. And it is by faith that you do that. Let me just pray with somebody who is trusting God for anything. If you do not know God, if you have not come to say yes to him, you have not committed your life to him, you are not born again to be specific. You can't access this faith. You can't enjoy it. You can't use it. Because it is faith in God. And the Bible says you can't please him unless first of all you believe in him. And that you know that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if there's anyone right here on this call who would like to receive Jesus or you're listening to me right now and you'd like to get born again. I want to pray with you right now. Just pray after me. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for this wonderful day. I'm grateful for the way that I've heard that it is by faith I receive Christ in my life. I open my heart today to you and I'll allow you into my heart. I receive you. And Lord, I turn away from all my wicked ways and I choose the life of Christ. Because I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and on the third day he resurrected. And as I speak today, he lives. And I believe that the Holy Spirit today comes into my life to teach me and to lead me all the days of my life as I come to meet my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I serve no other God except Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Thank you, brethren. I pray, Father, for everybody that has listened. Grateful for those who have given their lives to Christ and those who are trusting you for different things in their lives. I pray that even the church, it will continue to expand spiritually and physically. Even far much more than where it is today, Heavenly Father, you continue to strengthen my brother and sister who are doing an amazing work, Heavenly Father, to get to bring the word of God to people. I'm thankful for their lives, and I thank you for the opportunity and for using me to speak to them today. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Praise the Lord. I hope you have been blessed by the sharing of the word of God today. And I pray that it takes root on good ground and brings forth a hundredfold harvest in your life. Please ensure to subscribe. Follow the Abundant Life with Gilbert and Jacobina on our social media platforms. Join us again next week for another inspiring episode. And remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Declare that with me, more abundantly. Stay blessed.